When it comes to fighting financial fraud, banking institutions have been making big investments in new technology, education, and training. But how well are their big investments, time and energy, expected to pay off, especially where conformance with the FFIEC's updated authentication guidance is concerned? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, and I'm here today with Doug Johnson, Vice President of Risk Management Policy for the American Bankers Association, who shares his thoughts about fraud fighting trends and areas where banking institutions could continue to make improvements. Doug, what changes have you seen banks making over the last 24 months in the approaches and technologies they've invested in to curb phishing attacks and enhance customer education? Well, well, Tracy, one of the things uh, we've seen is is banks really recognizing that their customers, both on the retail as well as the commercial side, are are increasingly desiring uh, electronic technologies to, to be able to accomplish transactions they normally used to do in paper. And I think one of the best examples of that is is what's happening in the retail space with the over 55 uh, generation, uh, the generation which has been primarily the slowest adopters of online banking and, and other technologies such as that. In 2011, we do this survey every year, 2011 was the first year that ABA saw that the over 55s actually uh, said that online banking was their primary delivery channel for financial services. And so I think that speaks volumes in terms of what financial institutions are facing in terms of attempting to protect that environment and maintain confidence in that environment as that growth curve uh, continues. And and so in, in response to that and in response to as you mentioned, the authentication guidance. I think that institutions are, are looking at at a, at a variety of, of security solutions to attempt to, to curb those phishing attacks and to enhance customer education as as the customer increasingly uses these technologies. And one of the things I think that that we're seeing are particularly at the community bank level, decisions being made that. Uh, in, impact whether or not a core processor or an internet banking service provider provides those security services or whether or not it's a, a third party add on you know to those services i I think that there there was at at one point in time in an environment where there was an expectation in the security space that it was going to be the core processor and the internet banking service provider that was going to be providing those those technologies. And I think one approach that, that I've seen is that um, community banks are recognizing that they may have to, to actually, uh, in response to customer demand as, as well as new guidance, uh, look at, at other third parties to, to add on additional services, uh, whether it be anomaly detection or, or out-of-band um, authentication or, or things of that nature, which um, may or may not be available through their core processor. And, and so I think that, that that's one thing we'll see, or core processors uh, trying to respond to that by by developing relationships with those parties uh, in some fashion, and uh, essentially the the banking industry demanding that that occur because they recognize that both from a consumer standpoint as well as from a regulatory standpoint that they absolutely have to use these other technologies because it's all about um, having a, a variety of layers of security as we've talked about in in past calls, Tracy, in order to protect the environment. Yeah, that's a good point, Doug. And um, I wanted to ask about how banks are responding to some of these incidents that we've seen in the industry of corporate and consumer account takeover. And it sounds like some of the things that institutions are doing, I guess, is looking at just a variety of solutions and also talking with core processors. Absolutely. I mean, it, it takes a village. You know, there's no question about it. And I think one of the, the things that, that demonstrates, uh, frankly, how well uh, banks have responded 
to the incidents of corporate and uh, consumer account takeover is while the threat increases, and we have no doubt that there's an increasing threat associated with these potential takeovers, uh, there there are some uh, data points which indicate that banks are are doing a, a better job of of really uh, trying to to keep those attacks from really being successful. And I think one data point is comes out of the financial service information sharing and analysis survey, which I know you're familiar with. Where back in 2009, among the the banks that were surveyed, um, the percentage of of corporate account takeover attempt takeovers, where monetary transactions were actually created was around 70%. Now, that's decreased to 32% in, in uh, 2011. So we've had a, a substantial decrease in the percentage of successful cases associated with corporate account takeover in the face of an increasing threat. And so I think that, that speaks to what financial institutions have always done, and, and that is to ensure um, that uh, you know, they are aware of the threats and they take the mitigating measures to counteract those threats. We've seen that in the paper environment. Um, we now see that in the electronic environment as, as well. And uh, so I think that's that's a really good measure of, of response. Now, those are the institutions that are uh, very uh, well aware of and, and are doing a lot to counteract the threat and, and had the uh, desire to respond to the survey. And I think one of the obligations of, of ourselves as a trade association is to ensure that that word gets out throughout the financial institution environment so that all institutions are, are aware of the threat. Now, I wanted to also ask about the FFIEC's updated authentication guidance. Financial institutions are making investments in anti-fraud technologies that address phishing and more customer education, of course, and these are tenants noted by the FFIEC. How well do you believe, Doug, banks understand and currently conform to that updated guidance? I think that it varies substantially, just like any population of, of uh companies you know, would vary. Uh, I think we have some institutions that are very well positioned um, to uh, to deal with uh, the requirements of the guidance. I think that, that what I have seen in the majority of institutions is a, a lot of energy around the risk assessment process. Uh, as, as you well know, um, the, the, the real cornerstone of, of adherence to the authentication guidance and, and really adherence to any good uh, security hygiene within a financial institution is to have a good risk assessment. And so I think one thing that, that I, I compliment the agencies on is is really going back to the 2005 guidance and saying, you know, we told you this in 2005. We meant it in 2005. What we meant was that a risk assessment of a dynamic nature is key in order to protect the environment. And that's what we see, you know, with institutions. The questions that we get do relate to, you know, how do I, as an institution, really appropriately build that risk assessment, make that a dynamic process so that we're continually looking at how threats are changing. And I think that's a good exercise. It's a good exercise to maintain a customer confidence within the, the entire environment. Um, but I think that the other piece of that is that when you mention customer education, it does take a partnership between the bank and the customer in order to protect the environment. And so what I do see institutions doing as well is is really thinking very carefully about how they uh, accomplish that customer education. Yesterday at, at lunch, I was with the senior management of uh, one of our local institutions, which was asking some of those very questions. That's why they invited us over to the bank, was to really talk through um, how do we 
make the customer aware of the threats that are in the environment while also giving them the tools to be able to withstand that threat, um, show what options they have, be it a standalone PC, be it dual uh, authorization, you know, be it positive pay, be it whatever, um, how they have some tools that they should be utilizing in concert with the financial institution's tools in order to protect the environment. Um, and I think that's the effective approach in the customer education vein is to ensure that the customer's aware that the bank has their back, first of all, first and foremost, but that they have a role and that these are the tools that help them perform that role. So I think those are the two things that, that um, are driving some of the investments in, in both the, the anti-fraud technologies, um, ensuring that some of those technologies are available and also cost-effective because the uh, guidance gives community banks particularly the ability to put in internal controls and other potentially lower-cost solutions than having to always look to technology. And Doug, have you talked to any institutions that have actually undergone or are in the midst of examinations for conformance? I have through our various working groups and committees here at ABA comprised of bankers that are in the information security, cybersecurity space, given them the opportunity to compare notes, if you will, uh, associated with what their examination experiences has been. And it, again, has been all over the map. The consistent voice has been, you know, what is your plan going forward? I think the, the agencies want to see uh, that that risk assessment is either complete or well underway and that there's a reasonable and rational path forward through the balance of this year and into next year associated with the ramping up of, of any of the additional security measures which have been recommended based upon how the bank sees the threat environment changing or where they see some vulnerabilities with their existing threat mitigation measures. Clearly what the examination process is, is leaving institutions with is an impression that they should be swiftly moving forward that there's no need for conformance today, but that the right people within the institution have to be involved in that process, and there has to be a, a reasonable expectation of those various authentication measures that, that may be additional to what is already in place, a plan for getting those in place. And then what about mobile concerns as they relate to the guidance? Do you think any additional guidance is needed as it might relate specifically to mobile? Tracy, one of the things that I'm finding very interesting about about mobile is that it's becoming and it will become increasingly difficult to separate mobile from online. If you look at uh, the recent announcement by Microsoft and the recent announcement by Google as, as recently as yesterday associated with the new tablets, the Windows-based applications uh, will not just be mobile. There'll be various versions of Windows 8, which will be across essentially three platforms. And there'll be a lot of interoperability between those three. And so I think what that creates in that desire to build a, a seamless environment, the threats kind of converge associated with each of those platforms. That's a helpful way to, to think about this holistic environment that's being created as opposed to thinking about mobile separately, that's good news for the environment because it doesn't mean that you're having to sit there and worry about independent threats to three independent platforms. 
you know, from the guidance standpoint, I think that fits well into the existing guidance as opposed to needing additional guidance. And that's consistent with what the agencies, I think, not to speak for them, but what they're seeing as well. We'll see whether or not they feel a need to, to do something at the margin as it relates to mobile because there are certain um, vulnerabilities that rela- as it relates to out-of-band communication that are affected when you talk about that integrated platform. Is it truly out-of-band communication when, you know, essentially the phone has some level of integration on a software basis with the rest of the platform? So I think there's certain things that need to be thought through. But what I've seen with the agencies is that they've had a, a process whereby they've pulled in the large bank, they've pulled in the community banks, they've pulled in the service providers for conversations to really understand the environment before they, you know, launch forward into the brave world of, of new guidance. So and we'll see where they go. But I think there's a lot in the authentication guidance that also relates to mobile at this point. Doug, I want to thank you again for your time today. Good to talk to you, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Doug Johnson of the ABA. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.